Hey, it's Matthew George. It's a strange and confusing time out there. While COVID-19 is still a presence and concern, we are also experiencing so many other things at the same time. The impacts of a severe economic downturn, the Black Lives Matter movement and calls for social change, and that's not to mention a nation bracing itself for what's sure to be a contentious national election. Within this whole stew of stuff, people are pausing and reevaluating. They're trying to work out and articulate what they think and feel about it all. They're trying to find a way to navigate through a time of great uncertainty. So we're going to turn the focus of our podcast toward all that. We're giving it a new name, digging into dissonance, and we'll be exploring what the folks at Deutsch are thinking, their worries and what they are perplexed by, but also their wishes and thoughts about the promise the future may hold. So let's just get into it. Let's see what today's guest has to say. So my name is Barbara Chandler, and I'm a group account director, and I have been at Deutsch for 13 years, and been I've been with my husband. Your husband, Brad? My husband, Brad, today is our four-year wedding anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. How Thank special you. that you're doing, uh, that you chose to do this with me today. <laughs> It, <laughs> it's just a very romantic day all around. Really? Now I'm feeling um, a little weird. <laughs> um, and we uh, had been um, in our apartment in the village, in Greenwich Village, you know, for three months up until about a week and a half ago, we came out to stay with my uncle in the Springs in East Hampton. So what are you doing for your anniversary? We have no plans. At about at about ten o'clock, Brad got up from all of his phone calls and came over and interrupted me in what I was doing. And I was like, "What do you want?" And he was like, "I wanted to give you a hug for our anniversary." Did you <laughs> that forget? Was the first time we acknowledged it. No, we've been talking about it, but we have no plans. Not even a board game or anything. No, I, I guess we need to be better about it. We'll figure something out. I feel incredibly lucky that he is the person that I married and who I'm going through this with because he's a very easygoing person who can kind of roll with the punches and he's also a great cook. So mm. two excellent qualities in somebody you want to be. Uh, now what's his uh, bandwidth in terms of cooking? Like, is it, obviously it's the cooking itself, but how, how's he do on the shopping and on the cleaning end of things? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to roast the guy. Uh, you know, I think like many, many couples, we have some real disagreements about how a dishwasher should be loaded. So you've got each got your roles and responsibilities. You fall. <laughs> you. That's a very polite way of saying that. Uh, you will know, we'll have to talk about dishwasher loading offline sometime because that's one of my favorite topics, actually. Really? So you're you're the good loader? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the only good loader in the household, Barbara. I I understand that feeling. It's it's a <laughs> it's a heavy burden. You know, the thing of it is, like I feel like one thing that we're good at in our relationship is like if something matters to the other person, you just let them have their way. How much longer do you plan on being there or do you know? 
Oh my gosh, I would love to stay for a long time, but <laughs> what's your uncle think? think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think we can do that. <laughs> um, so right now, you know, we've got a lot happening during this period on top of COVID-19. You know, we've got a severe economic downturn and, you know, the rise of Black Lives Matters and what's, you know, the current unrest, what's the change that's going to come out of that? We've got an upcoming national election with, and, you know, with all this stew of stuff happening, Barbara, what's kind of front of your mind? Like what keeps you from falling asleep at night or maybe wakes you up too early in the morning? I mean, inherent in your question is the assumption that I'm really anxious about things. That's not the case? Well, um, obviously, I'm really disgusted by a lot of what I see and a lot of what's been going on and what we've all been woken up to. Um, So, of course, that's true. But I just, I think I'm just a very optimistic person and I hope that you know, good things will, will come of, I, I don't know how, how we all react to the Black Lives Matter movement. Like I'm, I'm optimistic that maybe finally things will change. Mm-hmm. And I think that even COVID, I mean, there's obviously, you know, people's health is at risk and that's very scary. And we've lost a lot of people, but hopefully this will also change the pace of the way we live. The fact that we all spend more time with our families and reconnect, I think is a good thing. So I don't know. I think I look sort of ahead and hope that it brings a better future. I mean, I understand that that is a very, I'm coming from a very privileged place financially and in, in life uh, to be able to have that kind of optimism, but Yeah. So when I was in the city, I live, like I said, right near Union Square and the demonstrations were going on there by day. And it was so moving and so powerful. What moved you about it? Oh, my gosh. Like to see people coming together to say this can't stand to the signs were incredible, like what people have to say. And they were peaceful demonstrations. And see, I'm getting all choked up. That's okay. I just, um, I really love seeing people take this horrible situation and turn it into, we can fix this. We've got to fix this. What always really chokes me up is people being kind to one another. Mm-hmm. And there was, there's so much you know, anger, but also kindness in those acts of demonstration. Mm. So, so like, I think where, where I live, I went out a few, I went out several times to sort of just see from a very, you know, socially distanced masked place, uh, what was going on and what people had to say. And like I said, it was really moving and, and, and terrific and, even just from inside my apartment, we could see protesters and demonstrators marching. And then the other side of this is that there were, you know, problems at night. There were constant police sirens and helicopters overhead and um, 
somebody tried to break into the store in our building and then threatened our doorman and you know like it would be very easy to focus on that and i if if we had had this conversation maybe two weeks ago before i took a break and came here i might have mm-hmm. had a very different reaction to your first question because it was so um intense being in the thick of it like that but it was you know it's important to experience it and to be you know living it firsthand now uh was there anything about the marches as you experienced them that surprised you well i really loved how mixed it was mixed race wise mm-hmm. um it was also nice to see so many young people use their voices that felt really good it was great to see that it was a lot of white people feeling like this is my responsibility yeah it's it's amazing to me the different types of people that have taken up you know this particular mantle i don't recall past marches on the same issue essentially being quite as diverse as they are now. I think so too. I mean, I think about what happened in Ferguson and it felt like the marches that happened there was, I don't remember that being uh, that white people felt that feeling. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you've, as you've been talking to people about whatever has been going on, whether it's been COVID or Black Lives Matter or the economy or, you know, all, you know, the political situation, anything that's really swirling around us these days. Have there been any moments of epiphany where someone said something to you or in a way that you just kind of went, holy shit, this, this is serious. Like we live a block from St. Vincent's hospital. What was St. Vincent's? It's now Lenox Hill, I think. And, Uh um, One day I was out walking and they had parked alongside it a refrigerated truck. And Mm -hmm. that was because that was what would become their morgue. Yeah. And that was really like, oh, shit, this is really bad. Yeah. And then I must say, right before we came out here, they took it away, which was, I, I can't tell you like what having that down the block it was like this silent oppressor (laughs) yeah like no remind constant reminder like about how deadly this this is and um it it did feel like a relief when they took it away yeah i'm wondering during that time you know we've all had a bit more time to think about things and if there's anything maybe you've learned about yourself that you didn't know or has surprised you it's a great question because I, I always have this feeling that I don't really know myself very well. Oh, this is going to get heavy. <laughs> My sort of most immediate reaction is I feel like I'm pretty good at like rolling with punches and sort of adapting. You know, I don't think that this was any different, you know, okay, sure. I'll work from home. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I do feel like what's gone on, I've been horrified by my own complicity uh, when it comes to the Black Lives Matter question. Um, now, why do you say that? Uh, I, I just feel like I haven't done anything to, to, to 
try to address the problem. I've been sort of coasting on feeling like, you know, well, I'm a good person who's open-minded and, you know, I keep thinking about how Stephen Colbert always says, like, I don't see race. I don't see race. And not seeing race is not the right answer. You know, like, it was funny. Right. And that was sort of like, I think, what we were conditioned to think. Well, do you feel you haven't done anything or that maybe you just haven't thought about it enough? I mean, I certainly haven't thought about it enough. Yeah. You know, like you can dip in and out of the issue, which is a real luxury. Yeah. That's an interesting way to put it. So this, this one's really a, a professional question, I guess, as you thought about being out of the office so long, everybody being out of the office so long and acclimating and adapting to working the way we're working now, do you feel that there are things we're never going to get back about the way we used to work, like positive things maybe? Uh, Well, I mean, I do wonder like, will we, will we all be in the same place at the same time the way we used to be? Mm. Um, And there's something about that. Like there's something about, you know, like when you go to a concert or you have like a shared experience. Yeah. That's really wonderful. And I hope that we, still get that feeling where you know we're all together at the same time um (laughs) we have a daily status on the pnc team like across you know creative and account and production and strategy and media uh represent too anyway and we have these themes i think every team is doing this pretty much but and the themes have been an awesome way to learn more about people and also how they think Mm. And um, I'll tell you my favorite one was <laughs> of the people on this call, who would you pick if you had to bury a dead body to help you? And how people answered the question was awesome. Like, well, like one person said, I want Joanne Scanello because she is the most loyal person and she would never give me up. <laughs> You know, it's just been a nice way to really see people as people, not just as, you know, somebody that you interact with at work. And Joanne Scanello, if you were listening to this, I just jotted that down. You may be getting a call from me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, last question. Um, You know, imagine sort of 20 years in the future and you're talking to people who maybe weren't around now, maybe, you know, nieces and nephews or whoever about this period in our history where there was this virus and people had to stay indoors and then there was this economic fallout associated with it. And then on top of that, there was this incident and there was this huge social movement and Black Lives Matter. And there was this crazy presidential election. How do you think you're going to remember this period of time? I mean, what are the big things that, you know, you think, oh boy, this I'm really going to remember and tell people about years from now? Mm. In some ways, what I personally would remember, <laughs> I hope this is so different than my friends and colleagues who have children, but it's been very quiet. Mm. It's been just the two of us for the most part. And even though there are sirens, you know, outside the apartment kind of nonstop, 
it's just felt very quiet. And has that quietness been unnerving or has it been pleasant or what has it been? Uh, no, it's been, it's been mostly unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to step out into a city that is as vibrant as New York and to have it be really quiet except for sirens is horrible. You yeah. Know, like the life, that the energy that you get from being in a place like New York when first, you know, everything is shut down and then actually gets boarded up. It's very eerie, very unnerving and really unpleasant. Mm. And, um, but the city is not meant to be quiet like that. It's meant to be full of people and laughter and, and connection. And, and it's very different when you step out and everybody's wearing masks. There was one incident where, I actually went to the office to pick up my, you know, my monitor. And on the way home, Brad was carrying the monitor. Don't worry, it's fine. But I fell and I, and I landed hard. And I hurt my hand and my leg. But um, this guy, these two guys were coming towards us. And they approached us to say, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And Brad's reaction to them was, like, stand back. We're okay. Right. Right. And like in that moment to have to reject the help and kindness of someone because you were afraid that they, they weren't wearing masks and who knows where they've been and do they have COVID and don't touch us, you know? Yeah. It was really, it, it's, it's a horrible way to live to be afraid of other people. Yeah. It changed our relationship with each other in a very fundamental way. I mean, in a, you know, in a very temporary way, hopefully, but still that's a, that's a really, um, that's a really powerful example of that. Yeah, it was. It's like um, to to live in a city where you're afraid of everyone else. <laughs> right. Not really a good situation. Yeah, and there's a hell of a lot of everyone else too. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, listen, Barbara. Thank you for taking time out from your day to do this. From your anniversary, no less. That's Hope right. you enjoy the rest of your day. Figure out something to do, you and Brad. Come on, use your imagination, you know? Wait, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> no, that was meant, oh my God, sorry. That was meant, I mean like, you know, nice dinner or a nice walk somewhere. That's uh -huh. what I'm talking about. Something very anniversary-like. Okay. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks very much, Barbara. We'll talk Thank to you. Thank you. All Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Vinita Chio for the logo and podcast tile design. Our theme music is Bardo Rush by Bruce Coburn, courtesy of True North Records. Lastly, thanks to Vanta Lepage, Daniela Morrison, and Valentina Baraldi for all their help getting this up and running and out there into the world. We'll see you next time. A little audio asterisk here. The views presented in this podcast are those of the individuals recorded on the interview and not those of Deutsch Inc. So, now you know that.